to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show. Let your free flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kane and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous Podcast, follow the show uh, on Twitter at Strict Anonymous or follow me at Cartoon Therapy. If you can write a review for my show, that would be really great. I love reviews. They really help the show, and I love to actually just see what my listeners think about my show. It's always exciting when I see that I get a review. Uh, thanks for two people. Thanks to two people who wrote a review uh, this week, actually. Someone named uh, 812411, <laughs> and someone named the big WTH. I'm assuming that's what the hell. Anyway, thanks to those two people who wrote a review. And if you, so if anyone else can write a review, that would be really great. Write a review on iTunes or Stitcher. If you want to be on the show, send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. I think if you listen to my show, you get the gist of like the type of people I talk to. But I'm not just only looking for people that want to talk about sex. I like to talk to regular people that have regular problems too. So, uh, you know, if you think that you'd want to be on and you're not really sure if I'd be interested in having you on, send me an email and explain a little bit about your situation and I'll let you know. I like to have everybody on my show because my motto is like everyone's really interesting if you ask them enough questions and that's what I believe. Um, and I have on today uh, exactly that, a guy who is a listener of a show. I mean, it has to do with sex actually. He was a listener who would always email me his two cents about podcasts that I had on. He was especially into the podcasts uh, that were f- with female callers. And I think a lot of men who listen to my show are really interested in the female callers that call in, especially the ones who are very sexually open. Um, he was especially taken with someone named Sarah who called into my show who screwed this guy, Will Hung Will, who was also on my show. <laughs> Gets very incestuous, my show. Uh, anyway, so Sarah uh, had a brief affair with Will Hung Will. And this guy, Tom, who's calling in today, always had some questions for her. And then, like, besides sending me emails like that, he would send me emails about other things. And recently he sent me an email saying, hey, I had some questions about anal sex. Um, the deal is the girl that he's with, it's not his wife, but it's his long-term girlfriend um, is not into anal and she basically gave him a free pass to go get anal someplace else. She was like, I'm not interested at all. But if you really want it, like just go get it from somebody else and you know, so you could stop bothering me. (laughs) I don't know if that's exactly how she said it, but that's probably how she felt. But he got a free pass to go have anal with somebody else. And he was, he wrote into me saying like, how could I get some other woman interested in anal? Because he just finds that most women aren't really into it. And I was just like, oh my God, that's such a great topic for my show, right? Because I think there's so many guys out there, you know, looking for information of how to get, you know, either their woman into anal or somebody else into anal. And I think because a lot of women aren't into anal. I'm a three put input girl. I always have been. I think anal is really great. It's not something I want every single day, but every now and then it's really good. Um, and Sarah, who was also on my show in the past. I remember she was a three input girl. And when Tom wrote in, I remember he also wanted to do a and a with her. He had some questions about her life and everything. So I was just like, why don't I get her on the show? And uh, she could also help with this topic. And he was like totally into it. So that's what I have on today. I have on Tom 
and Sarah. Sarah, if you want to listen to her previous episodes, or episodes 102 and 105, she called in twice. Um, but she's on the call with me today helping Tom figure out how to get his girl as well as somebody else into anal. We talk a lot about anal sex, how to do it, how to get somebody who's not into it into it and a lot of other really good things. I think I we give very good information about anal sex. So I think that a lot of guys are going to be interested in this podcast. And I think women will also be interested in it because I give advice of how, you know, it, it would be helpful for women to know how they could actually experience it, it as a good thing. Because I think a lot of women don't think that it's good. That's why they're not into it. But if they listen to this uh, podcast, they might get, they might think that they should maybe try it to do it a different way, the ways that we say to do it, um, because they're really missing out. I have to say it is really great. Um, You just have to do it properly. All the stars have to align is what I say, I think, on the show. <laughs> anyway, and then after that, we uh, I, I talk to Sarah and I get an, an update from her. She happens to be pregnant. That's the update. So if you're, uh, I know I'm going to lose a lot of guys at the end of that podcast after Tom gets off the call, but I have like a good 10, 15 minutes at the end where I talk to Sarah about her pregnancy. For any girls that are thinking about having a baby or going through fertility problems or are older and maybe wanting to have a baby on their own, you know, that's going to be an interesting part of the podcast for you. Um, oh, and one other thing I want to tell you before I get to the call is I had to change Tom's voice. And because they both called in on the same conference call, uh, Sarah's voice got changed a bit too. But you could definitely decipher who's the guy and who's the girl. Sarah just sounds a little bit more manly. Um, but, you know, this is the show's called Strictly Anonymous, and, you know, I do whatever I can to hide my caller's identity. So anyway, I'm going to be right back on with Tom and Sarah. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Hey, Tom. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you? You're on with Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Hey, a long-time listener. Love the show. First time uh, taking on the, the challenge of calling in and talking about one of my favorite subjects. I know. I'm so happy because you email me every now and then, which I love. I always say that I love to have my listeners email me and give me their two cents. And you always love when I have female guests on the show, which I think a lot of guys do because I get emails from other people. But you have always sent me emails along the way. And then somehow you asked me some questions recently. You sent me an email about um, anal. You were looking for some anal sex answers. But you were also, besides that, you were also very interested in my podcast I did with Sarah. A while back. Um, and so when I said, hey, do you want to discuss these this information that you're looking for regarding anal sex? You want to be on the podcast? Uh, I said, I could also maybe see if Sarah, your favorite guest, could join in because you always said that you would love to do a Q&A with her, right? So that's what we're going to do. Yeah, that's what we're going to do today. So we're just waiting for Sarah to call in. So for right now, let's just let me just get a little background on you. You're a listener of the show, right? Are you married, single? What's like your deal? I'm in a relationship. I'm twice divorced and just got a, you know, just got somebody I've been in a relationship with for about the last four or five years. Four or five years. Okay, cool. And now how is the sex life with this, with the woman that you're with? 
Well, that's that's probably the reason I, I'm, I sent you the email. It's, it's great, but she is uh, not into anal sex, which is kind of frustrating. We get along so great, and the sex is great. But it's just I just can't get her into anal sex. And I think about a week or so ago, and we were you know trying. I had her it, it, talking her into it, but then she said, "Hey, won't you just find somebody that you can have anal sex with as long as you're you know loyal to me?" I just I'm just not going to. So that's. Really? Kind of, Let me ask you this. Yeah. Has she let you be with other people or like has she always been that sort of open about things? Do you think she's joking or is she actually serious? No, she's serious about the anal sex part because I tried uh my my second wife, kinda of weird, we were um one of those relationships both rebounding, kinda of got into one of those uh, lust relationships that never became love and so we ended up getting a divorce, but in that relationship it lasted about seven or eight years. Toward the end of it, I finally convinced her into anal sex. So we were having anal sex, but then everything else fell apart. Okay, <laughs> but like, met- how do you, at seven years, like, and you just didn't fall in love? Like, how's that possible? Did you ever see that Tom Hanks movie? Like, after a while, he fell in love with a ball, which I could totally understand because it's just like, I mean, people love a pair of shoes. I mean, how after seven years with that lady did you never want, you really never wound up like falling in love with her? You don't think? No, I, I, it's always, you know, we'd always, I don't know, just different viewpoints and a lot of different things, different family backgrounds, different uh, different But you lives. lived together. Yes. And but you we were, were always so busy. I was right. doing my career and she was doing her career. So really, it, just, it was just mainly, you know, weekends and here and there. We weren't together. We were separate more than we were together. Oh, okay. That's probably why you lasted so long. Probably if you were right. together every day, it would have lasted seven months. Right. Yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, right. And then we, um, we're, sometimes, you know, based on what I was involved in, I'd be gone two or three weeks at a time. So when you came back, you know, the first night or two was the catch up on the sex part. Mm-hmm. And then then you start talking to the other things. And then by the time it got time to get, you know, then we'd be at each other's throat when it's time to hit the road again. So. Right, but let me ask you this. How did you get her interested in anal? Like, what you know, how did you talk her into it? Well, I went online years ago when the internet got to be so hot and found out that, you know, the doggy style position was the preferred position if you're going to, you know, try to stick your thumb up your girlfriend's butt because mm-hmm. I guess the vagina kind of hangs down from it so there's not a lot of pressure. Because initially I was trying to do it while, I guess, the missionary position, but you're According to that article, there's pressure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I just started, with, you know, using the juices from the excitement, I guess, in my thumb over a period of time, and you know that that kind of led to where she was willing to try. And we used, you know, lubricant, and it just led to where now, this wasn't an ever, you know, all the time thing. It's just an occasional thing. But she finally got from absolutely no to where, you know, once in a while she would want it. She would actually ask for it, right? One time, most of the time, it would be after, you know, we'd be involved, you know. And right, we'd, um, in the middle like, of it, you'd, um, be, you'd sort of want to go there and she would say, okay. Yeah, she was, she was always, she was kind of into this, you know, quick thing. So she said, you know, an old question, I guess women like to ask, are you coming yet? Are you coming yet? <laughs> so in order to help me faster, we'd switch to the doggy style position. Mm-hmm. Or we'd switch to uh, reverse cowgirl. Right, but would and, she be so, would she be coming? Like, would she be interested in what's going on, or she was just strictly doing it for you? Just for me. Oh God, how come? So how how could you call that good sex? Doesn't it matter to you that like the woman's into it or not? 
Well, I guess, I, you know, I guess back then, I look back, I thought she was kind of into it, but then I, you know, after, you know, I guess when you start heading toward divorce, you start saying things that probably you held back for a while. Right. And maybe so, after like was, seven years, it's like same old, same old. Yeah, she, she just wasn't be into it. She only agreed, you know, she was just trying to, I don't know, I, there might have been a time or two she was into it. I don't think she ever came. The whole sex. time you were with, oh, from, really? That's like, really? No, she came a lot. Yeah, she's one of those, you know, who calls your name out, but, mm-hmm. uh, but she never could, she never came from anal sex. I don't know if it's still the taboo part of it or she's just doing it for me, but uh, she just, she never came. And of course, you know, being, you know, being tight, it didn't take long. Right, of course, they say. I mean, yeah. for a man, I think that's why. Maybe by a Loves it. Longer, but yeah, you know, it don't take long. For the guy, right? It shouldn't take long for the woman either if she has some sort of other kind of stimulation going on as well, right? It's either her clit or something. Like, you know, because there's no G-spot there and the clit is on the front. Yeah. Something else has to be going on. But if something else is going on, it should be the quickest way to come as a woman because it's so sensitive in there. There's so many more nerve endings. It's so totally different than the vagina. Like, the the vagina has nothing going on in there. It's like an empty hole with not a lot of sensitivity. Yeah, we talked about getting her one of those vibrators, vibrating dildo things. Mm-hmm. But but I guess, you know, the fact that the relationship was pretty much over by the time she really, we kind of got where she was letting me do it, you know, maybe two or three times a month. Right. So fast forward to this woman, you have like right. normal good sex with her. You actually love this woman, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We get along great. You're not going to get married, are you? Or are you going to oh, go? Oh, no. Okay. After two times, I'm I'm kind of done with that. Well, they do say things come in three, so you 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 never know. You might wind up. How old are yeah. you, and how old's the woman you're with? I'm 45, and she's 44. Oh, never say never. I bet you you're married again in yeah. like 10 years. If she d- asks you, you know, whatever. Anyway, so you've been with her for a while, and she literally said to you, like, I am never going to do that with you. Go do that with somebody else like i mean that's kind of like yeah. a free pass that a lot of guys would be interested in because i think it would be like twofold a you get to have anal what you really want to do but b you also get to be with somebody else like wouldn't that be exciting yeah okay so now how are you calling in i thought you were just calling in on how to get somebody to do it meaning well, you're a woman but are you actually no, no. also looking to find somebody else to do it is that uh, what some, you're more find, yeah another female yeah Oh, someone totally different than the one you're with. Right, yeah. She's the one that said, hey, I'm not going to. And, and she, you know, we value our relationship. She said, hey, if you can find someone else and stay, you know, that I don't necessarily have to know about, but if you'll just get, you know, get, get that out of your system, get satisfied that way, then we'll be fine. But she just, I guess she just tired of me. <laughs> I mean, okay, you but know, let I'll, me... Do you actually, so you would never tell her, right? That's like, a, that's what she told you. I don't want to know about it, but you could do it. Right, right. Now, have you cheated on her in the past at all? I have not. And have you not ever cheated all. on any of the women that you've been with? I think my first wife I did. I, I, I was going to tell you, that's what got me into anal sex. I, I met on a trip one time. I met a girl from New Jersey mm-hmm. <laughs> out, out in Reno, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. Sarah's calling in. We have to remember this. 
you're yeah. on with um, Tom, and I just gave you the backstory. You know the backstory about him and anal, and you're jumping on the call to help him and also give Absolutely. him advice, right? As a female, because that's what he's looking for. Maybe you could just take over. Wait, let me just finish okay. the story. I yeah. had asked Tom uh, when he first got into anal, or you were explaining when you first got into it, when you cheated on your wife. So what was the story with that? Yeah, I, yeah, I met a, a girl uh, in on one of my trips to uh, Nevada several years ago, probably about 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we kind of got into it, and you know, we started out, and then I thought, well, hey, I'll just try to see if, because I was just kind of getting into the angle thing. I tried it. She said, well, you know, my husband had been trying, but he only, only let him put the tip in. So one thing led to another, and we enjoyed it. So I've, I've kind of been fascinated and enjoyed you know, sex with women ever since, but it's just hard, hard to find women that are either into it or willing to try. Okay, let me ask you a quick question before Sarah starts to give you some advice. Because um, I was wondering, like, have you, when you say it's hard, like, you just have these three women in your life, right, that we're talking about. Like, have you been out there looking? Like, have you met any women and then sort of gone there like, hey, I want to do anal? And they're like, no way. Well, I have online, you know, I started, because uh, I remember Sarah, where she's my hero, but you know, <laughs> on, uh, I went on Craigslist and Got frustrated with Craigslist because one, I, it was mainly guys contacting me trying to pretend to be women, and mm-hmm. then um, you know gay guys, which is that's okay. But then, then the women that would the two I think I started chatting with through you know uh, Yahoo Messenger, but you know a while back or so, yeah. And then they were just you know I, I think we were going to actually get one close to where we were going to meet, and she kind of backed out. So it's kind of frustrating because then me and some of my guy buddies, you know how guys are always talking about this. We started looking mm-hmm. on the internet, and there was these websites I went to where said, "Hey, here's how to how to find a woman that likes anal sex." So they're having to go through all the you know guesswork. You know, either, you know, and what did it say? Miles or way she walked, or I mean, you know. <laughs> oh my god! For every woman, wait, 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 Tom. For every for every woman out there. Wait, stop. Listen, for every woman out there that actually does like anal and me and Sarah are the two of them. Can you please give us the quick rundown of what that article told you to look for? <laughs> um, see, I Googled it a while back. There's some guy asked about how do you find a woman that likes anal sex? And the article was about, this guy wrote in about where he thought it had something to do with her smile. You know, he said some women just kind of smile and show some of their teeth. According <laughs> to this dude, I have to go back and look it up. But that, there's something some about the smile that there's Something else, somebody said something about a walk, and then there's one lady had an article about where, you know, she's not going to have it with just meeting some guy at a bar. She wants to, you know, go beyond that before she ever does anal sex. So I just, like, kind of frustrated. Right. Let me ask you a quick question. Sorry, Sarah, this is going to be hard to No, go ahead. I mean, I cut people off to begin with, and I cut one person off. Now (laughs) I have two people to cut off. (laughs) No, go ahead. Go ahead. Tom, um, did you ever think... This is like the easy solution. And then I'm going to let Sarah give you more of her input. It's like, did you ever think of me? We just getting like a escort or a process? You know what I mean? Like a hugger? Well, yeah. But, you know, I, 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 I was kind of going to be a last resort. I, you know, I might have to go that route. Because like, 
to me, it should. Why a last resort? It's so efficient. It's just going to cut to the chase. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. You have a relationship with the woman. You're emotionally unavailable. It's going to be very hard. And Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong. To find a woman that's just going to be like, yeah, I'll fuck you with anal, and you have a relationship, and she doesn't care. I mean, unless she's another Uh, married person, right? Right. I I agree. That's going to be rare. But um. I'm, yeah, and I'm I'm curious, you know. So I would think the best of the best thing for you would be able to have everything with this one person. So I'm curious to think when you guys have had conversations about it, what has she told you is her hang up? Like, why doesn't she want to do it? Sarah's good. Well, I just think, yeah. I mean, I guess she's in her forties. Like I told Kathy, uh, she's forty four. I guess she just mm-hmm. got this mindset that that's kind of taboo, and that you know I'm. Kind of, I don't know, maybe dirty okay. relationship. She just, she just got this hang up, uh, yeah. you know, from her, from her background. I guess you'd say. Okay. Uh, kind of a, yeah. So it, she grew, so up in a, probably, grew up in a family, with, you know, church family, so to speak. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if that's the reason for her, then it's probably not going to ever happen. I would say. Uh, yeah, yeah, if it's somebody who, you know, maybe just had one bad experience, but if it's based in a belief system or something like morals or something like that, it's probably not going to happen. Um, I, my advice would to be to anyone would be that, um, you know, if this is something that you always want as part of the repertoire or something that's important to you that you want to do, you know, looking for looking for a woman who's just open sexually, who's open to trying just about everything. You know, my mindset has always been, I have a very healthy view of sex and sexuality. So my mindset has always been, um, I'm willing to try just about everything once and go from there. But it's also going to be how you, how you uh, approach her with it. So I think, you know, you're at the point now where maybe you're so eager that you kind of lead with that. But I would think reaching out to a woman and talking to her about, you know, what she's interested in, how open she is sexually, and that sort of thing, um, you, you could probably get it as part of, you know, the part of the entree, right? Um, right. And then also, it also depends on, you know, now if you get it once, doesn't mean you're going to get it twice or a third time. So right. it also depends on how you do it. Um, you know, there have been times, like, I had one boyfriend who was my first sexual experience and my first, um, anal, and he was so aggressive with it, I felt like I was being raped every time, and I didn't <laughs> enjoy it with him. Yeah, you can't just put and, it in. Yeah, and even, and even now, when there are partners, you know, for example, the last person I was with, he was, he was big and all of these things, and, um, he just didn't understand how to approach me with it. And I explained to him, I was like, dude, it's not going to work that way. Like, this is what I need you to do. You know, um, I need you to take these steps. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And we, once you do all of that things, you will get it all the time, anytime you want it. But you have to do these things. But what were the things? Well, so, I mean, he basically just thought we're going to have intercourse and then you could just flip it in. Uh And I said, no. You know, you've got to be willing to, first of all, you have to get me to a certain level of arousal. Then you're going to have to, you know, start with a finger, move to two fingers, and then slowly work things up. You're, you know, you can't just attack me with it. And I think if you get a woman aroused enough 
everything relaxes and you can do things. Totally. You know? And this is what I've always told my guy friends, because I've always liked, you know, but I've never been the type of woman that's afraid to speak up during sex. So I would always sort of take control. So I would hold Absolutely. on to it. And I mm-hmm. let I I will let it go in the way I want it to, and it's always very slow at first as I'm getting turned mm-hmm. on, and then slower, so and then faster and faster, but and then forget about it. And so it's just right. like a lot of times a woman who if she's not like the type of person that could speak up or sort of explain what's going on, the reason why she's not into anal is because no one's talking. The guy just thinks he's going to put right. it, in and she's like out, and that's the end of the story. But if there's good right. communication going on especially for the woman and she feels like she's in control and she could do it and she knows that eventually anybody to me 100% of people out there would completely women would completely love it if they just relax and because we're all made the same it's so there's so many nerve endings it's so pleasurable it's insane but it has to all like like Sarah said all stars have to be aligned you have to be very turned on and it takes a while to lube up into it like and yourself not just with the actual lube like you have to get yourself the woman has to get herself and the guy has to help to get her extremely turned on so she completely opens up and there's no pain whatsoever it'll just go right in yep I mean there are times when I've needed no lubrication because of how turned on I was I was so relaxed and so into it I didn't need it I never did I mean I sound like such a whore (laughs) right another piece of advice that I Another piece of advice that I would give you is when you're you're going to get to you're at that stage and you're ready to do it. Um, you know she's relaxed and you know you you know maybe use like um, small toys and work your way up. Try to try the position with her on her back, at, you know a standard missionary position where you're maybe standing and you you're maintaining eye contact. You know you can rub her clitoris, you can stimulate her. Um, it's a very intimate act. And I think if you're able to engage that person with good eye contact and keeping her stimulated, you know, it becomes, a, it, it becomes an experience. And for me, the best, the best that I've ever had has been like that, where, you know, he's just keeping me stimulating, stimulated. We're looking at each other. And it doesn't even, I mean, I'm not talking about everyone who has a boyfriend, everyone who has a romantic connection. But when you're in that moment, like two very primal beings connecting that way, the intensity just magnifies, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's not like, listen, I would go through phases where it would be like the, the thing I liked the best and the thing I wanted all the time. And then sometimes I wouldn't want it for months. It's like you have to kind of be in right. the mood and you have to be like extremely turned on. And then let me ask well, you this, Tom, like how big is your ween? Like, I mean, are you extremely well hung? Are you like, what's your deal? Nobody knows who you are. So let's just get the real facts. Right. Yeah, the real facts, I guess, uh, like, you, like you had old Sergio on there, I guess it's how you measure it, but <laughs> it's, uh, remember Sergio? Yeah. The, the certified <laughs> yeah. Yeah. or whatever, yeah. whatever you're doing. Yeah. But if I measure, you know, where you kind of cut in a little bit, it's a little, just right around a little over seven and maybe about four inches thick. I mean, it's circumference. So it's... Oh, you're thick. Yeah. Yeah, so you're so, so you you're pretty well hung. So I think like what Sarah says is like start off maybe smaller, getting her into doing whoever this is. I still think yeah. unlike Sarah, I still believe that you could work on your girl. I don't care about people's belief systems. People okay. change their belief all the time. Well, their beliefs all the time. Well, what do I, and, 
and you, you ladies are the experts, but what I, the thing is, when I try to start her talking, it gets, I, I can feel her, she tenses up. How do you get past, I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, you kind of sell, to me, you try to sell ice to Eskimos, I don't. Right. <laughs> yeah, you can, I can. Uh, Sarah, I mean, can what you? Do you? What I do can. you do, because, because <laughs> I thought, you know, like I was telling uh, Kathy earlier, I thought I was, mm-hmm. My second wife would kind of gotten to where I started, like you're talking about. I mean, she was one of those no, but hell no. But working with her, like I told her, we told Kathy, we're getting into the uh, doggy style, and I could use my thumb. I'd read about online about using your thumb, mm-hmm. using the juices and the flow. Slowly, the thumb, and then, like you say, over a period of time, maybe a, a second finger or something like that. And she basically got into it. Now, relationship, you know, went to went to shit, but. At least right. sex was good because we met on, you know, coming off two divorces and it was a sex right, to start right, with right. that never got past that. But she was okay, but I this but you know, my girlfriend now, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as I start, I started that rubbing thumb and then, you know, once in a while we'll do doggy style to finish or reverse cowgirl and I start that and she just tenses up. And I, then I, what I do just, you do when she tenses up? Yeah, see, that's where you're wrong. I just told you. Remember before I said the guy tries to put it in, the girl says, ow, and then he stops, and that's the end of the story. That can't be the end. You have to coax her, but in an erotic way, like Sarah is explaining to yourself. Like she says. Well, let me ask you guys. Yeah. Ask you guys this. You know, I'm I'm always, since I'm a little older, I'm always a KY guy. Is there another, is there something? I started to read online about something where it kind of, I don't know, warms it, it kind of makes it to where it's something that kind of stimulates that. The anus well, or you, you have to be careful with the ones that warm up and you know anal because the anal is very raw on the inside and so right, it, okay, could, okay. it could easily not be comfortable. But what I would recommend right. is if you notice as soon as you start back there, she tenses up, then that's where you need to go back to giving her some oral, giving her some stimulation, and right. don't and then and still stimulate that area too. You want to what with you want to do is get it. Yet you want to get it with her mind where it's not going to be painful. This is going to right. be good. And and talk to her. You know, yeah. really relax. Like, I want to make you feel good. Trust me. You know, those sort of things. Just keep talking to her. You yeah, know, say, listen. You, say, like, listen, let me just try. Just relax and let's just try. And when you want to stop, yeah. like, I will. Like, but just trust right. me, you're going to let. You know what I mean? You have to keep, you have to go farther than she tenses up and then you stop. And then yeah. I really believe if you show her, if she starts to feel like it's good. So if you're going down on her, like Sarah said, and just, if she gets really wet, that wetness will sort of spill down into that area and she will lube herself yep. up. And if you're just using right. a finger or something, you don't really need KY. Like you don't, what you need for her, if she's very tense, it's the, no lubrication is going to matter if she's tensed up and not horny and she's, you know, in her head about it. You have to give right. her time, you know, to really right. loosen up. And when she does, if you just even put something else, she'll realize, oh, that actually feels good and it doesn't hurt. And that's what you, but you have to give her time to get to that point. Do you understand? Yeah. And, you'll, and you have to be like sort of, the, this is where like sort of, being intuitive with your partner comes into play you know like you say you know she's tense you should also be able to tell when she starts to loosen up and whatever you know whatever you're saying if she's getting more tense change what you're saying if she's getting more Mm -hmm. loose then keep going in that direction you got to read her body language as well as have a real conversation with her while it's going on right yeah you got to identify those things go ahead I, i just i mean i that, that you know that all sounds great, but, mm-hmm. 
the thing is, I get, you know, because I've gotten older, I guess I'm not as patient as I used to be. But <laughs> what, what, I mean, where do I get to the point if she's really never, I say never, never say never, mm-hmm. where, where do I get to the point where I just don't think we're going to make any progress and I get frustrated because I really want, then you need, I mean, for me, I miss it from the second, I miss it from the second wife, which, so now right. I really want to get, get that back because I hear some of the guys talking about it, you know. Listen, you are right. in a win-win situation, okay? You should right. do both things at the same time, right. okay? I you, was just going to say that, absolutely. Yeah. You keep okay. trying so with her. Because eventually you uh-huh. want to bring that into your relationship. You have all the time in the world. Oh, absolutely, because that way I'm not out, you know hunting for the yeah. Right. Well, you're going to be with her anyway at the same time. I uh, personally think you should just skip all the bullshit ads and Craigslist and everything and go straight to somebody that you could pay for. Because like, let me tell you, it probably isn't that expensive if you look at the lower end ones. You're not looking for another girlfriend. You really want to take that shit on and have another woman that's going to require constant texting and all this stuff to date and all that stuff. Your girl's not going to put up with that. She told you you could do it, but I don't want to know about it, which means it's got to be a pretty transactional, quick thing, okay? So your best bet to not screw up your relationship and have your cake and eat it too because that's basically what your girl is telling you um, is right. to go hire somebody. It's very efficient and smart, and it just cuts to the chase, and you're going to get what you want. And like I said, it's going to be um, very transactional, so you're not going to have to put a lot of effort into it. If you're too lazy to get your girl stimulated, you're not going to be interested. You're going to go through that same thing from a regular girl too, okay? From the professional, it's going to be uh, a little bit, a lot more quicker because she's on a time schedule and it's you're not going to worry about like a bait and switch or the girl changes her mind like that's what you need to do mm-hmm. yeah because she's going she's gonna to know up front that I, I want anal sex eventually into it right yeah yeah right, you're going to look exactly. for one that specializes in that that says that she does that right. and that's all it's going to be about because what, like you're right. not a cheater right you've never really cheated the first wife you did no, but like that's no, not what you're uh, looking to do you love this woman right. you're in a healthy relationship with her so any other right. woman on the side unless you find another married woman that just wants to look for that it's going to be like finding uh, like a needle in a haystack it's a lot harder you know and yeah and the benefits of hiring a professional is she's going to be able to give you some tips as well. Exactly. She's going to be able to talk to you and, and help you, you know, work on things with the woman you're with. Totally. So you can utilize that time and, you know, talk to her. Because, listen, the professional doesn't want to do it all the time either. And she's got to get herself into the mood to meet a client and make that buck. So she's going to be able wow. to give you some tips and stuff too. So it could be a learning experience, you know. But wow. you're definitely going to have to, I mean, I always call it, for those people who don't like to do anything, it's a training period. You know, whether it be anal training or whatever, it's a training period. And so you're going to have to put in the time and the effort, and you're going to become more intimate with this woman in the process. You're going to learn a lot more about her in the process, and it'll, you know, it'll make you guys a little bit stronger, a little deeper connection. So, you know, and with think his about girlfriend, you mean not, not, not the professional. Yeah, with, right, yeah. Right, with the girlfriend. You know, think about the long-term benefit. It might take you a few months to get there, but once you get there and she's enjoying it, she'll be asking you for it. Yeah, and not only that, I'm sorry, but this is the deal with a lot of women because I have girlfriends that are like this. Like, she would probably love for you to loosen her up, okay? There's no reason. If she's, like, kind of uptight with, like, with that, maybe she's uptight and other, like, you know, it would benefit her, too, to, like, really, like, loosen herself up and be 
able to be more communicative with you when it comes to mm-hmm. sex because then maybe you'll find out that there's a lot of other things that she likes that she keeps like a, a secret and she probably has she a lot of things sexually that she's interested in but she doesn't speak up it's not her style right so if you guys right. start being more open about that it would lead to other things and then you might realize she's maybe more freaky with other things as well the fact that she said to you you could go have anal with somebody else. Just don't tell me about it. it. Tells me that you could get her into anal because she's not as conservative as you think she is. Because that Bible thumping person that you said she is, that's why she doesn't like anal, would never let you go out and have an extramarital affair. That's true. Okay. So that it doesn't. Is true. Yeah, does that's, it, a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So she's a lot more open minded than you give her credit for. I think she's just uptight. It's a very common because. Because what it is, is that if women don't think in their mind that it could actually be enjoyable and they've never heard about it, they never tried it, they just, it hurts if you go there and she's like closed up, okay? Right. So that's all she knows. And you're assuming that she's against it, but I bet you if you showed her that it's good, she would be into it. What were you going to say, Sarah? I was going to say also, you know, there's something to be said about, there's some women who can't be a freak for everyone. And so... You know, there is, if, you know, if you are that person to take her to that level, it's going to be a different type of intimacy, a different type of relationship. So, you know, if you kind of put in the time to really get to know her in that way, I'm just like Kathy was saying, I'm sure if you um, can bring that out in her, you know, you're going to unleash, a, you know, a whole bunch of things you never thought of. Yeah, so. and I think women, most women want to sort of be less uptight and want to be more at one, like I think the younger women are nowadays, thank God. But the older women, yeah. like you said, aren't because of the times that they grew up in and uh, and it sucks for them. So you would be helping her too by being cool enough with her to let her know that you would put in a little bit more time. Like you say, oh, you're like not patient. I would call it lazy, um, you know, and that's what happens I think when people, get uh, in a relationship for a long time like they kind of get lazy but I think you should just I don't know try to summon up a little energy to do a little work Mm -hmm. with this one while you're playing around with her you know to get her into anal don't expect it to happen the first time you try expect it to take a while just just go like start off like I'm gonna with the goal of I'm gonna get a finger in there or even just a tongue okay like just start off with that kind of stuff but make sure you're stimulating her you know clit or at the same time it's just not gonna there's nothing going on if it's just that by itself at all for her that's not gonna do it just yet you know does she like when you go down on her oh yeah Okay, so there you go. Yeah. So do that and then go down there. And while you're doing that, you know what I do to guys, okay, when I'm blowing them? And like, I got to tell you, I've had a lot of guys lean into it and they're like, they don't sort of want it and they don't realize it's coming. But when, when it's mm-hmm. there in the heat of passion, they're into it as I put a knuckle right there. Like not, a oh, knuckle, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. you know what I'm talking about, right? I take my thumb yeah. and I just put it right there in between their ashings, right? And they don't want anything going outside. And I say, I'm not putting it inside. But the more turn on they get, the more they push down on it. And that, when the yep. knuckle of the thumb goes in, as opposed to like a finger, there's it's just less pressure, but it just pushes mm-hmm. in a little bit. Try that move. That's probably like your best first move. Just take your thumb, yep. put it in a knuckle, leave it there and go down on her and let her push into it herself. Do you understand what I'm explaining? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I never thought about it. 
probably have tried. It's been a while, but I never thought about yeah using the knuckle and the thumb during when I'm doing oil on her. I'm just oh yeah, I I've and done it to guys when I'm blowing them. Uh, keeping the rear for you know, the safe part. Yeah, I got you. You see what I'm saying? So just leave that yeah, there. You got it. And let you her push down on it. Yeah, and let her realize that it feels good. I have gotten guys that were so like, no effing way do you put a finger near me. Pushing down on that and enjoying it right before they come because everybody would because it feels really good. It's just you have to get right. you have so you have to get her really comfortable and really horny in the middle. Just put that there. And then I bet you anything she starts grinding it. <laughs> this is all the guys do. And they're worse. They have they're more uptight than women. Okay. That's just a fact when it comes to yeah, that yeah, kind of a thing. You're right. Yeah. For you're sure. Right. And I've gotten the most uptight men into that uh when, you know, you got their dick in your mouth and you're making them turned on. Like, I mean, basically they start to do anything. All that stuff goes out the window. I always say that when someone's like really horny, it's like being drunk. So you got to get her like, yeah. besides the talking and stuff, get her really drunk in horniness and then, you know, have your thumb there and just like I said not pointing it to go in because that will freak her out just leaving the knuckle there because it won't go totally in but it will push and it does go in and there's something about the way that it's shaped that is less invasive but still uh, a turn on I I agree so try the knuckle move okay it's not your if you're there anyway and you're doing it because you already claim to be lazy you just it's really not (laughs) that hard if you don't want to do all the talking and shit that we're talking about like that's not that hard you're going to be doing that work anyway you know but i say i say go go the escort route yeah listen you have questions for sarah Okay, and you have to go soon. So I want you to ask, do your cute, did we answer your, their, your, your, all your anal questions? Oh, <laughs> that's great because, you know, you've you reinforced the fact that you're not just at a, at a bar or a, somewhere, you're not just a woman, you're not just going to, unless she's an escort, like you said, you're not going to find a woman that's just a woman. You, yeah, you can eventually, back. no, you can eventually, but it might take you a very long time. It just yeah. it really how about, is. How about finding a, a non-escort woman at a bar pick up that you're kind of just wanting to convince her that, all, you know, really you're just into anal sex. That's about it. You're not going to find the average woman wanting to do that. No, and like I said, it's going to take a lot of texting, emails, right. talking, meeting. Maybe she's going right. to want you to take her out to dinner. Like, women get like that. So, like, you don't have time right. for any of that shit. You travel a lot. Plus, you have a real relationship with somebody. Like, you, yeah. you are, this is the situation right. that, like, the hookers are made for. Okay. And like, let me tell you, if I was her, I'd be a lot happier if you were doing your anal business with a hooker than with some woman you met off a Craigslist that lives around the block because she could be more afraid that you're going to get an emotionally, emotionally attached. Exactly. Exactly. So she does find out, like you said, it is a professional and it's, that's less stress, yeah. She's not going to find exactly. out. I would, I would say to you, don't ever let her find out if you're, if you're, if you're no, smart. I, yeah, that's, my, that's my intent, right? That's my intent would be never let her find out. Yeah, never let okay. her find out. So listen, because I know that you have to get off. Um, I want you to. I know that you always said that your dream on my podcast would be to call in and have a Q and A with Sarah. There were questions you <laughs> wanted to ask her. So, like, Sarah was a woman who called into my podcast. For people that didn't hear Sarah's episode, she was a woman who called into my podcast, and she 
met a guy who I had on my podcast first who was extremely well hung and he called into my podcast saying, oh, I'm so well hung and I just, I can't find a girl. And I was like, I thought he was like full of shit at first, but then like after talking to him, I totally believed him. I'm like, oh, this poor guy, you know, has this real problem where his dick is just like too big that he can't meet a woman that will fuck him. And so he eventually emailed me and said, oh, I met someone and I've been seeing her and it's great. And I, you know, you could have her on the show. And that was Sarah. And then in comes Sarah to be like, yeah, he is kind of full of shit. And we found out he really was. He has a whole racket going on. And by the way, Sarah, his ads are still up all the time. Every week, every time I go on Craigslist, he is still there with his running his racket. But Sarah wound up meeting him and having sex with him a bunch of times. And now I know that you, um, Tom, wanted to ask her some questions. So what are your questions for Sarah? Well, you know, like I said, it's been about, it's been a year, and I know Sarah's probably our, one of our, some of the guys I hang with are one of our favorite guests ever, but, um, the, was he really that well hung? I mean, I mean, on the show, you uh, can't he, even talk to you, but. Yeah, he was, he was, he was the biggest I've ever seen. Um, yes, he was. I, I don't remember exactly. I know he was at least like 13 long, and I want to say maybe you know, six or seven inches wide. I mean, he was very, very big. Wow. Very big. Average, average guy. Asked, where does, and you were able to, I guess you said balls deep, both vaginally and anally, right? Yes. Now, I mean, he, he said balls deep, anally. Um, you know, for me, I, you know, it wasn't like we were in front of a mirror and I could tell. Um, right. We didn't, and we didn't do it for very long, so I'm not sure. But he did say okay. he was able to get all the way in, and yes, and he said it was great. So I, yeah. you know, I take his word for that. Um, but yes, I mean, it was I, I when I when I met him and I saw it and I was like, oh my god, what did I get myself into? <laughs> I didn't think yeah. it was going to happen, and then it did. So um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's amazing. But you know, in watching being a guy, I've watched porn movies for years. I see a lot of women taking on well hung guys, but it, it never goes balls deep. So I don't. So, I mean, where does all that go? <laughs> Anatomically and speaking, is that a word? I mean, like, really, like, how yeah, can I you mean, take 13? I don't think that it, that's possible. Do you? It would come up to your throat. Listen, I mean, you know, I I, I don't know. It, it happened. You know, I it, it fascinated me as well, and it, right. it happened. I think, you know, your insides stretch, and they, you know, they, like you said, you know, I was very stimulated, and it, you know, I don't know what. Kind of yeah, did I mean, he actually? Did he actually? You know, go past the cervix, or I mean, is that, is that, is that possible? That's for, what you mean with regular sex, because there's no cervix. No, in no, he, no, he didn't. But I would definitely. I mean, there, when he did go all the way in, there was a little bit of pain. Right. You know, Wait, I, are I we talking about anal or regular? Um, both. Oh, okay. Both. Yeah, both. Um, but yeah, I mean, vaginally, when he did go all the way in, there was definitely a little bit of pain. Like he couldn't, he couldn't go very fast when he went all the way in. It was like a slow breath. But yeah. Okay, because you always hear and read about, you know, I guess the average woman is what is about can take up to about six inches. Yeah, and I, I mean, guess if you if you were the well hung guy, if you if you were well hung guys over a period of time, I guess it does. It does. I don't know what you call it. I guess it does open it up more. Yeah, and, and I, I think women can take. Women every can woman take is not exact, exactly right. the same on the well, inside, like you know. Right. right, exactly, exactly. You might find, you know, and listen, his his mo is he's looking for a spinner, a really skinny, 
tiny girl and oh. he's wanting he's wanting her to take all of that and i don't think that's possible i think you know those tiny girls are tiny on the inside too and it's not going to uh, happen you know if you're maybe, only 11 you're not going to have as much room <laughs> right as much room right <laughs> right and so i mean i'm i'm petite but i'm very curvy i mean i would i would never say that somebody would say i was overweight but i'm very curvy and so you know i think he was looking for like model waist thin and I think that's right. his, his desire. And so oh, that's okay. probably why, yeah, we didn't work out. But, um, yeah. Quick you know, question, I think Sarah, his, because I forgot. Like, was he white or black or were you white or black? Was it an interracial thing or was he, are you both white? Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's white and I'm black. Okay. And, um, you know, uh, so, he, he did reach out to me once more after, you know, I had st- stopped contacting him and I didn't need to respond. But... Um, I did see his ads up, you know, after that. And I saw, you know, he was a little bit more descriptive in what he was looking for. And he's just ridiculous. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me, probably a silly question from the, uh, women that are, I guess, stockier and thicker in the, thicker in the ass. Does that mm-hmm. make a difference for anal versus like a little small? I mean, I know vag- vaginally there's I don't a difference. Think so. in the- no, okay. I'm very skinny, and I'm very, like, my hips are small. Like, I'm a very small, and I could, I always was fine with it. I think, like Sarah said, and like I said, it's, uh, you accommodate, I think the cervix thing is probably different on the person, mm-hmm. but um, you could, like, a, a skinny girl, I could accommodate a man that was very thick in my, like, ass, like, as long as I was just really, really turned on. It's just the way that it goes. Yeah. Because exactly. here, I guess, you know, annually you can actually probably take more because you don't have the cervix issue. Mm-hmm. You can actually take a greater length. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's, it's Come on, you have to have more I mean, questions it's, it's for Sarah. Do you remember? I'm trying to think because I think you, you... Yeah, well, I, I guess, you know, some of the guys were talking about, you know, I guess we found it amazing that you said that I guess the next day you could walk okay after taking it annually. <laughs> you were like, oh, you know, because this guy was when him and his girlfriend do it, she's like, she bitches and moans for a couple of days, you know? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, again, every woman is different and maybe right. the bitching and moaning is more to keep him in check. But right. yeah, I mean, I haven't, and again, you know, how violently is he thrusting? How, you know, how, right. how is it going about? You know, I think you, you know, anal intercourse is a little bit different than vaginal intercourse and you can't hump me like a rabbit. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, so it's a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, I was surprised that I was okay the next day, but I didn't expect I was going to be, you know, so. But would you consider yourself, um, Sarah, would you consider yourself a size queen? Like, had you been with, like, in your life, mostly men that were, like, really big? I mean, I know that this guy was huge, but were most of your guys, like, really big and you were used to it? Yeah, so, I mean, my first boyfriend was, was very well hung as well. And so I think that kind of spoiled me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've had smaller and it's been okay, but my preference is larger. Um, I think that's know, very true. Like they say, once you go black, you never go back. But what they really mean is like, if you get really used to somebody that's really large, it takes a while to be yeah. okay with something not so large, right? I mean, because you yeah. get used to that. And if that's what turns you on and you're like with that person for a couple of years and... So- it's hard to change, uh, go back to someone that's not so, as thick or well, not as big. Right. 
So when a woman takes, so I guess if you're taking on lards for over a period of time, then it's, it's, it, you always hear about people stretching. It comes back a little bit, but it never fully comes back to what it was before. Well, uh, listen, no, people have babies and then it goes back. I think, I don't think, I yeah. think if it's, if you're not with that person that, that's really well hung for a really long time, I think it goes back. You don't stay totally stretched It does out. go back. It's, listen, it's not, it's not so much about stretching out. It's about the feeling of feeling full. Exactly. It's the feeling of being full. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So the, my last boyfriend, we dated, it's been about maybe 10 months now since I I was seeing somebody, um, and we dated for about nine months, I guess. And um, he was on the smaller side, but, you know, he was sexually adventurous, and he was really good at oral, and he was really, really good with his hands. Um, right. And so, you know, it was great with him. But, you know, did I wish he was a little bit bigger? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. yeah my One of my first boyfriends, like my first, like, and probably my, I always say it was like my longest boyfriend. It was because the sex was so good. I mean, he was like really thick and he was very well hung. And it was yeah. really hard because I just thought, okay, like maybe a lot of guys are like this, but I've come to the conclusion that most white guys aren't really that well. Like, you know, it's not like a common thing. So it's like I've never really uh-huh. found one that is as big. Well, maybe. It's always exciting well, maybe when you because, do. <laughs> yeah, maybe because I'm a black woman dating white men, I tend to find men who are larger. Do you think that's and because so, they're less intimidated because they don't because they know what they're packing and they're figuring that you're used to that, or what? Why are you saying that? I, I think it's a combination of that. Like my first boyfriend, we met in college, and um, he was large, and he, I was his first black friend. I, you know, he never had been with a black woman before mm-hmm. and um you know he i think he underestimated how big he was because again he you know was college and he was young but um you know most of the men who approach me tend to have only dated or prefer to date um women of color and so you know i think it's a combination they're mm-hmm. you know they're packing and they know that you know black women are not going to scoff at it black women kind of expect it so they're a little bit more aggressive and more interested in black women, but right. You know, maybe like a guy that was like knows that he's not well enough that he would be a little bit more insecure, right? Of, right, right, exactly. And 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 listen, I'm you know I'm a very kind of open person, and I think that anybody who meets me knows that my openness would be would transcend into that part of my life as well. And so if he has insecurities, I think my assertiveness or openness kind of pushes men like that away. So yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's not you know, pushing Tom the, away. He can't you know, he's interested in talking to you. <laughs> That's what he's calling in for. Yeah. People uh, love Sarah. Of, Look, he's talking to your guy friends about it. You guys all had co- like, you talk about her podcast. Oh yeah. I, I'm gonna be uh, you know Green content. It's hard to believe. I went back and I couldn't listen to more of it, but I only had a chance to listen to a little bit. But it's hard to believe it's been a year since we yeah. taped there. a second one. Just so you know, Tom, yeah. she taped a second one after the first one. So there's actually two. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this, and I, and I, well, I guess the last thing I had on my list was: sure. has it always been single partners? You've never done, you know, you've never done some or oh, a year. Oh, the group thing. Yeah, I mean, have you ever done a threesome? Or have you? Ever, I mean, if you've done a threesome, have you done DP or anything, you know, double penetration? Or no, no. So I, ha- I did, I did do a threesome in um, college with uh, another girl and her boyfriend, but oh, okay. I have not 
I have not done um, to men. I thought about it. You know, the thing about that for me that is um, when, when two men, it's a very, you, it's got to be a really specific situation. I'm, I'm a smart girl, I'm, you know, educated, I, you know, smart about the world. And like, you know, if I, if I was with a boyfriend and he had a friend and he was comfortable with his friend seeing me and all that, you know, right. it, would, it, it would be a unique situation. But just two random men, you know, you, as a woman, it could quickly turn into a situation where you don't feel safe. You know, right, gotcha, gotcha. so I'm not opposed to the idea. I'm definitely open to it, but it would have to be the right circumstance. And so far, I haven't, I haven't experienced that. I think this is well, like all guys this. like fantasies. What were we gonna? You have another question? Well, no, you're right. I was, I was just going to ask. I, I had uh, to ask her about that threesome because I tried mm-hmm. one a long time ago, and it got kind of freaky because. The, the girl I was dating at the time, that was her friend, and she got kind of jealous of her friend because when it got time for me to do her friend, you know, either it didn't happen. She, she got really jealous, and it, 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 it the, the, what do you call it, the feeling in the room just kind of changed where they were supposed yep. to be good friends, and all of a sudden, she was kind of yep. jealous. Cause, and that's I, what happened I with me. Was, I mean, uh, yeah, that's what happened with me. I was, right. I was the guest star, you know, and if it was a, right. a girlfriend and her boyfriend, and they invited me in, and I was a little naive at the time. I didn't realize I was being, you know, cased or set up for the situation. And it happened and whatever. But, um, yeah, we, you know, we tried to keep it like an ongoing thing. Um, and it didn't work out because of her jealousy. So I know if I ever did it again, you know, two girls and a guy, it would have to be some random chick that I didn't know and that he would never see again. Um, you know, for me, yeah. I don't. I don't have any desire to see my male partner with another woman. Right. Um, so I can I understand. Right. Yes, yeah, so I can understand if a man felt the same way with me and you know his friend or something like that. I completely get it. But right. um, you know, for my own like comfort and safety and relax to be able to enjoy the situation, I have to feel like I'm comfortable with these two men. And women get really jealous. They think they're not going to, and they do. So the only way that I would do it again is if I was again the guest star. I'm not going right. to be. It's not going to be me and my boyfriend. No. Mm-mm. Right. Got you. Got there you go. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, Tom. I know that you had to jump off at three. I'm going to stay on with Sarah and get a little bit of update of what she's been up to since yeah. we last talked. So thanks for right. calling in. It was well, a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, after a year later of hearing, you know, hearing Will and then hearing you talk about Will and hearing, you know, the, the update that you did after that, it's just, it's, you know, uh, it's like talking to a you know, rock star. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think mean, myself that way, but thank world, you. Yeah, in the <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, I thought, when, she, when I emailed um, Kathy, she said, hey, well, how about calling in? Oh, by the way, I'm going to get Sarah on there. I'm, I'm like, I almost freaked at first. I said, whoa, now she's, she's a, done a couple podcasts, and I, this is my first <laughs> time ever calling in to anything. I've always always been a great listener, but I'm just not never been a call in. Well I, I can't wait for the I can't wait for the update on you and your anal adventures and yeah, um yeah. tell tell your friends I said hello and I'm and uh you know if you have any other questions, you know, let Kathy know. Yeah and then listen sure to this episode because after you hang up I'm oh, gonna yeah, get a little update on till, Sarah. Uh, I can't wait till Sunday night. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for calling Take in care, Tom, Tom. Yeah, y'all take care too, and uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll be in touch. Okay, great. Okay, good luck to you. Thank you, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Kathy. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Tom. Bye. Bye. Okay, Sarah. 
Yeah, so, you know, here. yeah, this is like a weird podcast that I'm doing because I did a little bit with him, then the two of you, and now a little bit with you because, like, why not get an update since I have you on, right? So, the last sure. we spoke, you were with Will. Now, you just said on the call that you dated um, somebody for like nine months or something, and then you haven't been dating anyone for 10 months. So, what's been going on with you? Yeah. Did you meet that guy on Craigslist? Did I do what? The guy, the last guy that you dated, did you meet him on Craigslist or? No, no. Actually, we met on OKCupid. Okay. And, um, you know, I was at the point where I was thinking about um, trying to have a baby. And I wasn't even sure that I was going to, you know, date anybody or anything like that. And I had this OKCupid profile and decided I was just about to take it down. And I went on vacation with my mother. And um, while I was there, he and I matched. And throughout vacation, we were talking on WhatsApp. And, um, you know, I was very upfront with him and I told him, you know, this is what I'm considering doing. You know, you've been married before. You have a, um, a teenage son. Would you be open to having children? And he said yes to all of those things. And, and he was a nice guy and we hit it off. And so we dated for a little bit. But he lied. Um, he lied about his intentions and what he really wanted. And, and um, he, he was just... He wasn't the person that I thought he was. So we, we dated for a little bit. I, I caught him in some lies. I gave him a, a second chance. And then, um, you know, another thing that was really difficult for me was um, he did not fight fair. He was very aggressive and condescending when we would have agreements, disagreements, I mean. And um, I just, I'd never been spoken to like that. I'd never been dealt with like that. Mm-hmm. And the more I thought about it, I was like, this just isn't, isn't going to work. So we broke up and he did try to come back and he was a little supportive once I did get pregnant. It's not his child, but he was a little supportive. And then, um, you know, he was pushing me to get back and I just didn't like his tone and stuff like that. And I told him, I was like, just don't contact me. This isn't going to work. And so, well, you just revealed I, that you're pregnant. I mean, you told me in the email, but like that is the big update, right? So now how, who did you get pregnant from? So after you break up with that guy, what goes down? So I did IVF um, and I did a donor. Mm-hmm. Um, part, so, you know, for the last few years, I've been thinking about this, whether or not I wanted to do it. And, you know, do I want to give up my single lifestyle and all of those things? And I had um, some personal things happen. My dad passed away. My mom got sick. And I just realized, you know, time is of the essence. And the relationship I had with them is one that I wanted to continue with somebody else. And, um, you know, I part of me didn't, you know, I'm very, I'm very strong-willed. I'm very independent. And because I wasn't in a committed relationship, I didn't want to just get married. I mean, sorry, get pregnant by some random guy and then have this person impose on me restrictions on how I was going to raise my child. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go the donor route. And there was a good friend who had mentioned the two of us having a child together a few years back. And I thought about reaching out to him, but his situation had changed and all of that. And I said, you know what? this is the way it's supposed to happen. You're supposed to do this on your own and be independent. And um, I'd never tried to get pregnant before. I had no idea if I could. And um, How old were you, so when, you tra- when you started trying? I started when I was 40. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect age. Well, that's like the last age. Like that's a good age to do it because I started 
a couple of years after that. And I, I've had a podcast on this before. And a lot of guys are probably tuning mm-hmm. out right now, but the girls should listen because I always tell my younger girlfriends, like, you know, you really need to take that stuff seriously as far as if you really want to have yeah. a baby, because like, you know, you don't really realize like at a certain point, it's, a, it's really hard, almost impossible because what people don't okay. understand. And I did not understand that the mm-hmm. eggs that you have that you that make babies that are released every month when you get your period you have had those since you're born they're not like you know Absolutely. i never for some reason i never understood that right i was just thinking like i would create an egg and it would drop and that would is over it's like no you were yep, born, you're born with, with all of your eggs those are 40 yep. year old eggs so it's just like they're not as great but they're still good at 40 it's much different at 40 than at 43 44 45 you're like you're really looking at like one percent fiber like really low stats especially for ivf because with ivf it's actually you're manipulating the egg even more yeah so if you're not doing Mm -hmm. it naturally it's actually worse at that age with ivf so but at 40 you still have a good chance and you did get pregnant right did you get pregnant on your first one i got pregnant on the first time however Mm -hmm. um you know, I, I was able to harvest eight eggs, but only one embryo survived. And that's okay, so, but that was the one that gave you your baby. That's, that's the one that gave me my that's baby. That's all you so, need. Yeah, and, and most of my friends who, you know, got married maybe late 20s, early 30s, they were easily able to get pregnant the first time, and now they're all struggling with the second, and they're having to go to an, uh, a fertility specialist. Right, because they're so, your age, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, well, it's, it's smart. Easy. Well, you're right, because you got eight of them down at once, right? Or eight of them, and mm-hmm. then, you know, one of them. And because you're you're nine months pregnant. How many months? Are you? You're not nine months pregnant. How many months are you pregnant now? Six months now. Six Almost months. Seven. So you're past all those tests and everything. So you know that not only yeah. did you, like, did it create an embryo, it's like a viable embryo that is like a healthy baby, which is always scary. Exactly. It's scarier, too, when you're in your 40s because more things could go wrong. So you were very Absolutely. lucky. Yes, I was very lucky. I mean, I have a girlfriend who is a year older than me, but has a one-year-old, and she did IVF, and um, she it took her several tries to get to her son, and um, you know she had a miscarriage before she had him. So I am very lucky, very mm-hmm. lucky. Yeah, and you know, um, I for I tried with a friend first before I gave up on that, or that just went to shit. Um, and you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into it right now cause that's a whole other podcast. I hope one day somebody writes in and I could have this conversation with someone about having a baby with a friend cause I did it and I have mm-hmm. to say doing it. I, um, I went into it thinking this was a great idea and I came out thinking it's not such a great idea because of certain things that I would have never known had I not done it, you know, and, but what right. I learned through doing it, which I, like I said, I won't go into details, but if anyone wants that information, they could write in and I'll do a podcast about it. But, um, it's not so great unless you really like you do certain things. I think it could work, but I think if you go into right. it, like I did just thinking, Oh, I'm going to have a baby with a friend and it's going to be, great. there's a lot of things that come up that you would never expect. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, my brother and his girlfriend, they have a four year old and they're no longer together. But when she got pregnant was when the two of them were realizing maybe we're not it for each other. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she's pregnant and they decide to have this child and they have fundamental differences. Mm-hmm. And the person that I was considering doing it with was somebody who, in my mind, I knew he and I had a very similar moral base. We had very similar expectations. And I felt like if I had approached him and said, listen, 
I want to get all of these things in writing, and these are the things that I want before we even get pregnant, you know, he would have done that. And But then it's know, a very different life, situation, though, when it actually plays out. That's the problem oh, you don't absolutely. realize, you know what I mean? And look, yeah, you, you see it you with can, your brother. And that was my point. Like, you can get, you can have all the conversations you want. You could have everything down in writing. Right. And you could think that it's going to work, and then it doesn't. And you let know? me tell you, as a person so, that my baby's going to be um, a year old in two weeks. So I'm a year oh, into good. it, being a single mom like yeah. you and doing it on my own. And uh, I have to tell you, I can't tell you how many times in my son's life that I've thought to myself, thank God I didn't do this with my friend because of this, that, right. and the other. Do you know what I mean? And listen, there are plenty of times that I'm like, oh, fuck, like I really could use a guy's help, you know? And, I, you of know, course. and of course. stuff. But more times than I think I need a man, do I think, oh my God, thank God I don't have that man. It's very different if you're in a relationship and you're you love Agreed. somebody right that's like a great thing but if you are in your 40s or it's getting later in your reproductive years and you want to have a baby and that's important to you and I think that's much more so for women than for a single guys right not where I'm yeah. talking about gay yeah. men that are in relationships but you know it's just uh it's something to think about because um you know what are you supposed to do you know um, Absolutely. And like I said, there's plenty of times when I'm carrying all my shit in myself and I, I could use, I'm like, shit, you know, I could use the help. But most of the time I think right. like, oh my God, thank God. I don't have well, that listen. person that I'm not in love with that is just my friend that I'd be fighting with about these things. <laughs> right. But and so, but what I think is most important in life is that you know yourself and you know Absolutely. what is the right situation for you and like, you know, and whatever that is, if it's to be married with kids and have a white picket fence or to be, you know, single doing it with donor sperm and that's what works for you. I think that that's great. And like I said, there, you know, it, it's just a matter of doing knowing, like I said, who you are and being true to that right. and then doing that. And I think that's, you know, where true happiness comes from, you know, some people get married and right. they're not the marrying type or they don't even want kids, but they're doing it because they wanted to show people on Facebook, you know, and then they're like miserable. And right. some people have a baby by accident and get pregnant from, you know, the gas station attendant and they have the baby and they're miserable by themselves. You know, it, it's, it's all different kinds of scenarios, but I think that you right, are absolutely. smart about it the way you are with, I mean, if you listen to Sarah's other episodes, even when she was like, well hung will and everything that you do in your life, you're like, you know, you, you think it through and you have a very good head on your shoulders and you know yourself completely. You're a very real person that's very self-aware. Um, so you knew that this Thank was you. the right thing for you. And I'm so happy for you. I think it's really great. I don't think that there's a lot of women that would be into doing it or if it's, that's their thing. But if you are a certain type right. of woman, and I certainly am, it's harder for me to compromise. I'm a little bit more into, like uh, almost too independent, you know. So it, it just, to me, yeah. felt a lot like I could breathe better doing it this way that I don't have somebody else to compromise and everything. But I don't think that that's everybody, but that's definitely me. I'm a difficult personality type and maybe, you know, I'm like a little bit, that's just the way that I am. So it works. And I think you're the same way and I think it's great and it works for you. And there will be times, like I said, that you'll be like, Oh fuck, I could use a guy, but most of the time (laughs) you won't feel that way. I, I haven't a lot of times at the end of the night, I, I, I say this on my podcast constantly. Like, 
you know, I am so glad I don't have a husband or even a boyfriend to have like to have to blow at the end of the night after taking care of a baby. Like it's a lot of work and you're very tired. And I think it does take a strain on a relationship. And if you don't have one to tend to, you know, in the first couple of years of a baby's life, it's actually the baby, you know, gets all your attention and you could get a little bit more sleep. (laughs) Exactly. And listen, I, I feel like I want to truly enjoy this experience and truly immerse myself in becoming a mother and, and experiencing that and not have to consider somebody else's feelings and not right. have to consider neglecting somebody else. I can totally focus on this child and what I need. Yeah, and, and that's so, yeah. Like where you're the similar to me. Like I make jokes with my sister because my sister has a husband, three boys, two cats and a dog and she's like superwoman with all those things and all of those things she loves and she has them and she takes a hundred, like a fantastic care of all of that and I'm like amazed right. by her. But I know for me, I'm not that person. I could do, I'm like more like a guy, like I could do one thing and I do it really, really well And but it's very hard yeah. for me to sort of do more than that but I really feel and I don't know about you that like after I get this down with my son that I probably would like to be in a relationship with somebody and I think that that could happen and you know he will get a father because I think there's people listening is like oh it's so selfish he doesn't have a father and blah 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 you know whatever but um you don't know what happens down the line but for right now that's the way that it is and that's what you're going into with your eyes wide open and you're gonna be completely happy I mean there's no you know you're not going to be uh, surprised by anything because this was something that you planned right. and was very thought out. Right, exactly. I feel the same way. Like, I thought about it and it's like, you know, I can take, you know, four years, five years out of my life and devote to this child and his upbringing and focusing on that person and, and not having to juggle relationship at the same time and then try to incorporate you know, romantic life later. Yeah, because like, you'll so get to I'm point not... where you'll be done with like, oh, this is okay, I got this down and I I did that and now you'll want that again. And I think that's what people don't understand is that it's only a couple years out of your life. Like whatever it is, what yeah. people say, oh, you have a baby and you give up your whole life. You do. You really kind of do, but it's not for the rest of your life. It's just for a couple of years. Right. And for me, because I'm older and I think for you when you're older, it's not that big of a deal because it's kind of like been there, done that. So why not just the exactly. stay home and change diapers? My motto used to be I'd rather be changing diapers when I would see people at line at a bar and all that shit. I'm like, I did that stuff so much. I had so much experience that I, ha- I there's no exactly. place else I want to be. I look out the window every night when my baby goes to sleep and I live in New York City and I'm only on the fifth floor. Mm-hmm. So I see everybody walking around and never and I can't leave once my baby's asleep. Like I can't go anywhere, you know, <laughs> but never right, once have right. I looked out the window and thought like, oh, Oh, I wish I was out there because I've been out there free doing whatever yep. I want for, you know, 40, a lot of years, you know. Um, so and now, yeah, I'm fine. I think you become, I agree. You become a woman of a certain age and you've been there, done that. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready for a different, something else. And, you know, some things have happened over the last couple of years where I feel like I could you know, focus on somebody else and I could, you know, and I, I really want to create that bond and, mm-hmm. and watch this person discover the world and all of that. And yeah, you know, I've done the bar scene. I've done it. And, you know, here, you know, you're right in New York, you go out and you see these things and you're like, you know what? It is not as great as you make it out to be. I'm good. Yeah. So. But I think it was, listen, I, when I was in my twenties, like being out in a club mm-hmm. and the music and the lights was the most fulfilling, amazing thing. But like I had, I did it as long as I wanted to do it. I never had a midlife crisis because I didn't get married and have kids or do anything at the times before I was supposed to. I didn't go to college till I was like 30. Like I did things when I wanted to, not when society told me. So 
I was like, when I was done, I was done. And never to look back ever again and be like, oh, I wish I was doing that because I'm done with that. So now I'm going to be a mom. And just like, I think when it's like people sometimes can't accept that people sort of change and grow. And it's just like, just because you used to be a party girl and all this that you can't be a mom, but you can. That's what I think is more normal than staying the same way your whole life. So I think it's great that you have like this whole new thing that you're doing, you know, yeah, you were Sarah that Tom wanted to talk to because you took on well hung will and you were like very sexually open and did all this stuff sexually. And now you're going to be a mom and that's what you're going to do, you know? And I think that's great. I will say the one downside to it is I've never been more more in my life than this time. People, you know, they, they warn you, they tell you about it, but I had no idea. Like, I feel like I, I just, it's just a heightened sense of everything. Mm-hmm. And it's insatiable, you know, it's insatiable. And it, it started when I was doing IVF. It started before I even got pregnant. Oh, yeah, because and, the hormones they give to you. I used to walk yep. down the street. I used to make jokes when I was doing IVFs and I had all those eggs in me that, like, guys would, like, practically crash their car. Like, they smelled from a mile away, like, my 14-year-old, like, fertility, you know, because it, like, yep. it changes your body chemistry. And, like, I would see guys in my building in the hallway. I remember once I had all these eggs inside of me uh, doing IVF and my guy friend it was like, oh, you look great. Like, what is going on? Like, you just look great. And I was like, you just don't even realize right. uh, the animal instinct in him was just yeah. responding to that hormonal change of that major, like, fertile environment that was going on. And it could be smelled from a mile away. And so if it was affecting the men that was, you know, meeting me, it was affecting me too. I was super horny as well. It's the same thing. And it just only gets yeah. heightened when you have that. But, you know, listen, Sarah, there are a lot of guys that are into pregnant women i had a guy on my show i that was that was into that it's not like you can't get somebody to fool around with if you wanted to yeah i there was a guy that i tried with um a few weeks back and um you know it was great but i think that his drive is, does not match mine at all he's older and uh you know i think i was a little too intense for him <laughs> probably scared the guy but um yeah it's insane i've never I was surprised at how, um, like, you know, just the attention that you get. Because I thought, you know, now I'm pregnant, I'm not that attractive, and all those things. And it's like, no, that doesn't keep them away. Not at all. Right, right. So there you go. So you're still, I mean, you just had that one guy. Are you looking for more? Um, Honestly, you know, it's, you know, I'm thinking about Tom and his situation. It's become a hassle. You know, I just, as much as I want it, I don't want to do the work to get it. Mm-hmm. And I would rather just show up at, you know, I'd just rather just show up at my door, you know, so. Yeah, we talked about this no. on your second. We talked about this whole thing on your second podcast that at a certain age, you just realize, unfortunately, that like the stress-free, easy booty, it just doesn't really exist. And it's always, it winds up no. to be more work or you don't feel right or they're not the way. And it's just a, it's actually like a, a hassle and a pain in the ass that you're yeah. just like, oh, I'd rather exactly. just do it myself. Exactly. I guess we're, so, we're as lazy as Tom. I guess all people in their 40s yeah. just become lazy. <laughs> How depressing. So. I guess so. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, so, so you don't know you so. don't know boy or girl, right? I don't know. No, I'm okay. waiting to find out. I'm due in February. Oh my and, god, uh, so exciting. Oh yeah, I'm so excited and I you know, I can't believe it's going by so fast. 
And yeah, I'm super excited. I can't wait to meet this little person. Everything that everyone told you are just words, but when you experience it, it's not anything. You'll realize that, wow, you could have never grasped that unless you Mm -hmm. actually had it. Because when you're going to grasp it for real, it's going to be even more intense and different than what people could explain and only I think you if you have a baby can you imagine can you really know and it's just it's amazing wow. so I really like offer Can't you wait. my congratulations I know as somebody Thank that's you. really done it your way that it's like fantastic and you're gonna be so happy and I really really hope that you send me a picture of your little baby when he's bo- him or I said hey let's see if I'm right him he or she is born <laughs> and let me know in February I probably said he because my baby's a he and so I'm used to he so, and let me know whether you had a baby boy or girl and please keep me posted I will okay absolutely I will okay, absolutely. well congratulations as a 40 year old woman that's like a big thing and uh and keep me posted thanks so much for calling in I will Thanks, Kathy. You have a good one. You too. Bye, Sarah. Bye-bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about? To anyone? To anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous.